0: Ask you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 49 if you would. It's been a while since we've had uh, a lot of blessing services, but they're about to crank up as a whole bunch of our people uh, end up getting back to the mission field. But, uh, uh, okay, I'm getting texts and I don't have time to read your text, guys. Uh, so I want you to know a little bit about blessing services, and I want to talk to the walls just a minute. Go with me to Genesis forty nine twenty two, and if you've got your Bible, follow along. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a wall, a bow. It's, the, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a branch that runs across full of fruit whose branches run over the wall. The archers, the adversaries, have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep, the lie thunder, blessings of the breast, and of the womb. The blessings of thy Father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph, on the crown of him that was separate from his brethren. Father, as I take a few minutes and bring the message that uh, for tonight, I would just ask that you would challenge all of us, work in all of our lives, and teach us all and grow us that we would be fruitful boughs, that we would bear fruit and reach out and do more and go further than anyone ever imagined. And I'll give you praise for what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bible if you would now and look at Genesis 49.1. What is a blessing and why do we do this? I've told you before, but I'll remind you again tonight. As I read the Bible, I always saw it and I always thought it was interesting. It's a crazy thing that goes on in the story we're about to read. you I'm going to show you the verses. Jacob is about to die. And basically he's laying there on his deathbed. And it's kind of a weird way to die. It's really kind of the way I'd like to die, actually. So he's laying there on the bed, and he says, get my boys and tell them to get in here. I'm about to die, and I need to talk to all of them. So they all line up, and he starts talking to them. And he lays it on them and says, this is it's going to happen in your life, and this is what your future is, and this is what's going to happen to you. And some of the things are good, and some of the things aren't so good. And he finishes up, and when he gets finished... He's been sitting on the side of his bed, evidently with his feet off the bed. He evidently lays down, stretches out, pulls the cover up, and dies. That's a weird way to go. Amen? I've been with a couple of people that died. Most of them, I wasn't there exactly the moment it happened. But that's basically, read the Bible with me. Genesis 49.1. The Bible says, And Joseph called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall be Follow you in the last days. I'm going to tell you your future. I'm going to tell you where you're going. I'm going to tell you what's happening. Gather yourselves together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. Jacob knew his children. He knew their past. That kind of gave him an idea where they was going, where they were going. You know, you can kind of look at your own life and trace where you been, and when you start seeing how it goes you can pretty well project where you're headed. You know what I mean? If you like walking on a crooked path, you're probably going to keep on going crooked. If you're going north, you're probably going to keep going north. In other words, so Jacob says, sit down, boys. I'm going to tell you some things. And some of them aren't very nice. But Joseph receives a great blessing. Look down, if you would, chapter 49 and verse 28. Chapter 49 and verse 28. And all these are the 12 tribes of Israel. His sons become the leader of what will be the nation of Israel. And this is that their father spake unto them. We just finished it if you were reading the Bible. And blessed them. Underline the word, he blessed them. That's what it was called. I will pause here to tell you that when I lived in Arequipa, Peru, years ago, when the people were extremely poor, and I'm not certain they still do things this way, It was a very common thing to go to somebody's house for their birthday or an anniversary, but especially birthdays. And when it's your birthday, in those days, your family prepared a meal for everybody to come over and eat. And no one took a gift. I didn't see any gifts ever. Now, they may have taken one and given it in the back room when nobody was watching, but I never saw one, and I didn't take one because the guys didn't tell me to. But when they were in the house, and they maybe sometimes they only had a cake, and sometimes they had food, and and when they at the end of it, then they would have this time of blessing. And so what would happen is uh, they might be sitting there, and somebody kind of takes over, and they say, "Anybody want to say a word?" Somebody stand up and say, "I just want to tell dad or mom or brother or sister how much I love them." They tell a anecdote about them. They tell a story about them. They bring people up to on what was happening in their life and uh, uh, something sweet and they would always say the nicest things you've ever heard. And I would always sit there thinking, I'd rather have those nice words as a gift. To think that people would be that sweet to you and say those nice things to you. Because a lot of times you might love somebody, but you don't ever say it very much. It's kind of taboo to say it, you know? I was riding down the road with my dad and the truck he owned there maybe seven, eight, ten years before he died. My dad had been a pretty hard man. He's getting old, so he's getting soft. We're riding down the road one day, and he told me, he said, you know, son, I I really appreciate what you are and done and all this stuff. And he was trying to say love, and he couldn't quite get it out, but he was working at it. And then he ended up saying, you know, I really, I love you. And tears came down his eyes, down his cheeks, and and then he looked at me and said, don't ever tell anybody I ever said that. And certainly don't tell them I just, something got in my eye. Don't you tell anybody about that. It's kind of the way we are too, though. Maybe you say, well, I was in old timers and it's how they are. But you're not very expressive of what you think about each other. I was just at my Sunday, I preached to an enormous congregation in Wrigley, Tennessee. There were 12 there, counting me and Betty. There were 10 of them. And that evening at the end of the service, they had more people come back percentage-wise than we do. Seventy percent showed up. There were seven people that night, nine counting us, and uh, seven people were there. But you're the sweetest place I think I've ever been. Of course, I know I was all primed for it and sitting there, but they all know each other. They all go to church together all the time. and they, I didn't hear a one of them leave without saying, hey, I love you. I'll see you next. Service. I was like, man, that's sweet. I, I, I don't know if that, I don't know if I ever been to a church, where everybody, But there was so few of them, but they still said, "I love you." That's what's going on here. Dad's taking the time to talk to his kids. I heard the story of Sam Jones, who was a Methodist evangelist, but he was a drunkard. He wasn't saved yet, and his dad. Was dying, he called him into his deathbed just like this here. And he told him, he said, you know, he talked to all of his kids before he died. And then he said, you know what worries me about you, son? You're going to die and go to hell. And it broke his son's heart. and He went and got saved and became an evangelist and preached all across America. So he's blessing them. Everyone, according to his bless, blessing, he blessed them. Now go to verse 33. When he finished... He blessing, he, he dies, he dies, he lifts his feet and dies. Look at it. Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, and he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost. that was gathered unto his people. He just sitting on the side of the bed, feet on the ground, turns around, puts his feet in the bed, lays back. I Hasta wiggle, Ciao. I'm out of here. And he was gone. Now, I would like to stop right here and say, you couldn't die that peaceably if you didn't know Jesus, and you didn't know who you were. And some of you just might be in the room, and you're not sure of what would happen when you die. And uh, the way you can be sure of what would happen is to have a personal relationship with the Creator, God, who made it all from the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that Creator has been sinned against by every one of us, and we our sin separated us from God. And God wants you to be saved. So God came in human flesh, sent his son to die on the cross and pay your sin debt. You can be saved tonight. You can trust Christ. But tonight, as a church, I want us to bless Adam and Ashley. We simply want to pray over them, believe in them, and express our love to them. I really, I know it's a little awkward Sometimes. And I know sometimes as a church, you might just get a tad tired of it because you're like everybody leaves. The truth is, they're going out to do what God called them to do. We knew that when they got here. We love them. And I think we ought to be expressive of it. I hate the fact that when somebody dies, everybody's sweet. It's like, I sure loved him. He didn't know it. Here's some flowers can't smell them but I brought them it just be nice to do it up front we want to ask God to do great things in their lives that will bring great glory to his name where'd Adam go are they in here well you would hide I mean it's your night you hide that's good now look at verse 22 Adam I'd like to say some things to you and this is what I'd like to ask all of us to pray about tonight let's ask God to make them fruitful let's ask God to make them fruitful Look, if you would, in verse 22. Jacob says to his boy, Joseph, you are a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. That's interesting. He's right there where the water is. We'll get to that in a minute. He's a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. And his branches run over the wall. I want to pray God makes Adam fruitful. I want him to be so fruitful that. His limbs, his ministry, and his reach goes past where it should. You know, your neighbor's got this beautiful apple tree, produces the best apples in the country, and one limb just happens to run 12 feet into your yard. You don't complain because you get to pick apples. Amen. Thank you for planting that tree. I want us to ask God to make him fruitful. Adam, I'd like to say to you, well you can go confidently. You can go confidently because in Philippians 1 6 it says being confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know the same God that saved you is the God's going to take you to Taiwan. He's the same God that took you through child evangelism, the same God that's got you through deputation, the same God is going to get you on an airplane and get you to Taiwan. And he's a good God. Many people don't know him. They don't know how good he is because they've never admitted they were a sinner. They've never come to a place in their life when they knew they needed God. They have no personal relationship with him. But most of us in this room do. We know he's good and he's going to take care of you. And here's how long he's going to do it until the day of Jesus Christ. He'll come get you and take you home or he'll come rapture you out. But God's going to do a work. Go confidently that he's going to give you fruit. I personally wouldn't go unless I believe God. I hope you do. I believe you do. Fruitfulness depends on being by that well. That whale is kind of described in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 3 where it says, He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so, you know, you've got to stay real close to the book. Stay real close to the Lord Jesus. You can't forget your devotional life. In the letter I wrote your wife, I told her, I said, I really don't know you very well. Uh, I appreciate her, appreciate you, but I said, stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord, both of you. If you want God to use you, you're going to need God working in and through you. And so stay in the book, stay in a close relationship to the Lord. I want to ask God to give you fruitfulness that crosses boundaries. But in Genesis 49:13, and 49:23, excuse me, Jacob tells his son Joseph, you better be prepared for adversity. Now he sees that he's going to have the victory over the adversity. But look at what it says The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. And you guys cannot expect to be in a war without being attacked. The owner of the air. And the, most of the souls and everything going on in Taiwan is old Lucifer himself. It's in the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light sending you out to take the gospel there. So you cannot expect not to be attacked. There are going to be culture days that are going to kill you. There are going to be language days that are going to kill you. There are going to be days when you're doing real well and your wife's not doing so well. And you're going to want to kill her, and she's going to want to kill you. We were riding home from language school one day, and everybody in the school had flunked the test but me. And I made the worst grade I made the whole time. It was like an 89. And that uh, was really bad for me. And we're in the car, and Betty said, that test was just ridiculous. And she was just going off on Miss Webb. I said, you're right. She said, oh, shut up. And then she punched me. And she said, you have no right to say anything. And I was wanting to punch her back, but it's never okay. It's okay for her to punch me. I don't—I still hadn't understood that, but it seemed like it's okay for her to beat on me. I'm an abused husband. <laughs> you're going to be in a war, Adam. Your wife's going to be in a war. Family devotions. Time in the scripture. When you're not getting fed spiritually, and I hope you're going to a Chinese church, and so you're not going to get fed spiritually. Not because the preacher's not preaching. But somehow there's going to be a communication loss between the pulpit and wherever you're sitting. And it ain't the fault of the pulpit. It's yours. So let's walk with God. Remember who you're in a war with. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And you'd be surprised how many times the missionaries get mad at other missionaries. They... They take it out on the other mystery, because if I can't get the language, it must be their fault. They take it out on the people. They take it out on the home church. They take it out on everybody. But you need to remember, you're not fighting against people. You're not fighting against them, but against principalities and powers and rulers. You were commanded in Ephesians 6.11. To put on the whole armor, and I am firmly convinced that many of you don't understand or believe how powerful and real Satan is. But this is New Testament, and the Scripture said, I need you to stand. And to stand, you're going to have to put on armor. And so, you know, when you get up, and you don't put your armor on before you go to bed. You don't sleep in your armor. You get up in the morning. You put on that helmet and that breastplate. You put on those shoes. You put on all that armor. So, look at verse 11 that you may be able to stand because he's tricky and wicked and sneaky and will attack you in ways you would never expect or understand. Sometimes, at least in Peru, that's traffic. Lord, help me, Jesus. You know what I like about America? We got roads. Y'all think there's road rage here? They've never heard of the word here. I mean... Everybody cuts off everybody every day in Peru. I see regular fist fights going on. You went, when I was there. They you just drive by and two of them fight. You know ah, somebody cut somebody off, driving on. I wanted to kill people too. Sometimes I'd be right down the road. We had a TV station, channel thirty three. We'd be down down the road and God cut me off and I'd get mad. I'd stomp it. I'd be trying to get around and cut him off. I just want to pay him back. Amen. And Betty go channel thirty three. Channel thirty three, channel three. They're watching you on TV, and I'd say, oh, stink! I wish I wasn't preaching on TV. <laughs> Lift the shield of faith, chapter six and verse sixteen. The shield of faith that, where you can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. I'll give you what at Genesis chapter forty nine and verse twenty four. I want you to get stronger in adversity, stronger. His bow abode his in strength. By, and the hands of his arms of his hands are made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. For those of you in my Sunday school class on Sunday morning that's one of your verses goes to Daniel chapter two a stone cut out without hands. just telling you you could be preparing on that one. That stone, the stone of Israel that's going to be Jesus the shepherd. But you know what this is going to be a testing and approving time for you. But God's the one that's going to make you strong. You know, you're not going to be able to... You can't win people to Christ. You can't build a church. You can't work with people. None of us can. It's a pretty hard job to be the guy that's leading the folks and, and all the junk that goes on. But it's God that does it. You can't boast till you take your armor off. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 11. Going to the mission field. Leaving tonight. All you're doing is suiting up. Uh, No right to brag while I finish deputation. What's that mean? You just got off the bus at boot camp. That's all that means. The fixer can cut your hair, curse you out. The Bible says in 1 Kings 20, Let him that girdeth on his harness boast himself. Let not him that girdeth on his harness boast himself as he that putteth it that off. That's one king getting smart with another king. He said, I wouldn't be bragging. When I was putting on my armor, I'd be bragging after the battles over and I took my armor off. You've got to prove your ministry now. And you'll prove it by how you handle adversity, success, loneliness, and all the attacks of the devil. I can't explain to you how lonely it is. In a sea of people, even when you know the language, even when you've learned some culture, You just kind of feel alone. It ain't home. No matter how much you try to make it home. So stand. Put on your armor and stick. Don't go to be a tourist and don't go to come home. Know that he often attacks by allowing blessings to lull you into a false security. So God just allowed to let the language come real quick and easy for you. And then you'll get lazy on your Bible reading and your prayer and the devil will be there to body slam you. You've got to watch and pray. In other words, pray with one eye open. In other words, never live expecting that everything's okay. Talk is over. Training pre-filled is over. The battle awaits. God will make you strong. It's up to him. You must run for strength, not your friends, not yourself, not your wife. You do it in the Lord and for the Lord. Last thing, verse 5, or 45, nine, twenty-nine. my point was 5, I need a verse. Even, verse 25, even by the God of thy Father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee, with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. If you got your Bible open, you know, it's a Jewish blessing. Wanting to have a bunch of kids and everything to go good, blessing above. Blessings below. I just like the word bless, blessings, blessing, blessing. Look at that. What God wants you to have. God will help you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has given you the power of the Holy Spirit. He will bless you. This is the time you grow closer to the Lord than ever in your life. There'll be no church to run to. There'll be no services where you feel all the blessings So find a quiet place, an alone place. God did not call you, prepare you, and send you to not bless you. Go expecting God's blessings. I love you. I appreciate you. And some folks will say some nice things to you in a minute, I hope. You'll have some letters to read on another day. I'll remind you. You know, it's not about us at all. It's not about me, not about the church, not about you and your wife. It's about Jesus being honored, glorified, and magnified. Father in heaven, I pray that you would work in Adam and Ashley's wife life. I pray that you would bless in a big way. I pray that you'd let them see souls saved. I let the language come and the culture come, and I'll give you praise. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we go to the next song and all that, can I just say this to you? There are quite a few people visiting. You need to answer a question in your own heart and mind. In the Bible, when there's a blessing, there's a curse. You need to know that. There's a blessing and there's a curse. The blessing is if you obey God, and the curse is if you disobey God. God's not wanting to curse anybody. God wants everybody to be saved. You don't want anybody to go to hell. But if you don't come to a place in your life when you understand that you have sinned against the holy God, this is like my third time to tell you this in this message. But you must know that there is a creator God, makes him the judge of the universe, and your sin separates you from God. And unless something's done, you will pay for your sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. The wages of sin, what you earned, but God wants to offer you a free gift if you just trust him. Somebody invited you today and you got a chance to talk to them and just find out how to know for sure you go to heaven and I hope you'll do that before you leave tonight.